Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We're gonna continue our series, and today we are going to talk about light. We're gonna talk about light. And we've been in Matthew chapter five, starting from verse 13, and when Jesus starts to share about the importance of us understanding that we are the salt of the earth. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the importance of salt and really trying to break down this particular text, put it in context so that we can relate to what Jesus is really saying. And I don't know about you, but I've been really like excited about, man, I didn't even, I, I, I didn't really take the time to sit down and think about what has always been around. And it really challenged me to, to really understand the importance of what it means to really be salt of the earth and the magnitude of the calling that God has called us to. Um, I wanted to encourage and reiterate that because a lot of times when we think about God's calling, there's that temptation to try to do the calling in your own strength instead of being the calling, instead of being what God called you to, to be, instead of trying to do what you think he called you to do. There's a difference. There's a freedom in understanding, okay, I'm salt. So allowing the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of the type of salt you are of what you really are, where God is sprinkling you, being okay with where he seasons you at, with what he, where he wants to use you in this world. So um, prayerfully, as we go through this series, you're opening up your heart and your mind more so to, Lord, speak to me, show me myself in this, and allow your Holy Spirit to speak to me and through me that I might be all you called me to be in this area. So we're gonna focus on light, on light. So if we can go to Matthew 5, and we're going to jump down to verse 14 this time. And we're going to kind of be in verses 14 through 16 for the rest of this aspect of light. And we're going to jump around and kind of talk about light in a general sense and its importance to us um, in our reality. And prayerfully hope to make a connection spiritually to what Jesus is saying when he says, you are the light of the world. So this is the New Revised Standard Bible. And this is Matthew 5 starting at verse 14, going down to 16. And it says, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. So this, this particular uh, scripture is actually tied in to the first part where we talked about salt. So it's very important that we look at scriptures in context and be able to draw out the connections that Jesus was making about these two elements. And we're going to do that towards the end. I believe it's going to be exciting. But I, I thought it would be good for us to focus on each element by itself so that we can draw out the deepest truths that we can get to. Now, I, I hope your mind is hurting. Okay, if your mind is not hurting, we want your mind to hurt because 
at the end of the day, there's so much depth in what these few words say. You are the light of the world. If we just use that phrase and just stop there for today and just focus on what that means, um, if we do a good job, I think your mind is going to hurt. It's because there's not enough time. There's not enough. We, there's not enough to be able to uh, uh, pull out everything that is in here. But we're going to try. Okay. So Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." In order for us to understand what he means, we have to talk about light. We have to talk about uh, the fact that we don't understand light. The fact that if you try to describe, ask yourself, what is light? Think about that. There's no one clean definition for what light is in itself. All we can really describe is what it does. We can describe the uh, effects of it. We can describe our experience with it. But to describe it itself is a very complicated thing. Scientists have tried to describe it. And it's definitely one of those things that if you're not a science person, <laughs> it uh, sounds like a, definitely like another language. Okay. Um, and I love that part of it because it really humbles us and helps us to really see the magnitude of God's greatness that he's calling you something so complicated. He's calling you something that is so beyond uh, the visual. He's calling us something that is so intricate and indescribable. And I think that part of it, we should pause at. When the Lord says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, like you are his workmanship. That means when God made us, there were some ideas in his eternal sovereignty about us that we will never be able to fully grasp. This goes back to kind of co-signing on the fact that a lot of times, the pressure to try to be something. It's hard to do that when you don't really understand the full magnitude of how God made us, right? God says, you're wonderfully and fearfully made. That means I took my time in making everything about you. That's physical, spiritual, mentally, that's everything, right? So when God has put that much God effort into making us a certain way, I think it's beneficial for us to explore it even deeper. So light is one of those things that is very hard to describe. Um, but there are some interesting facts about light that I thought would be interesting to share. So um, light is the fastest element in the universe. It's that element that travels the fastest, okay? It also has the ability to penetrate any surface, all right? Now, our source of light is the sun. You know that, right? So whenever you think about light, the first thing that comes to mind is the sun. The thing about the sun is 93 million miles away, millions and millions and millions and millions of miles away, and we can see it all the way from here. What an amazing thought. Now, the light of the sun travels at 186,000 miles per second, not per hour. So that speed is actually, we're being affected by the speed of that light coming through the atmosphere and touching our skin. That light hits us from 93 million miles away at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. And we feel its warmth, okay? It takes, this is interesting, it takes about eight to 10 minutes from the sunlight in outer space to come and hit us on Earth. So that means that when we feel the sun's warmth, we are actually feeling it when it was sent to us eight to 10 minutes ago. So this is a little thing that, that, is, that, that encourages is us to like when we pray and we are worrying and we are, God, do you hear me? 
and God, are you concerned about me? Uh, God has already answered some of these prayers. We just haven't. We just have to wait for it to manifest where we can feel it and sense it. And and this this whole relationship with us and light really gives us a powerful example of the fact that God has already pre-planned a lot of stuff. Like there's stuff going on that we will never realize and never know. Light also is a producer of energy, right? So in relationship with light to the plants, we know about photosynthesis and how without the sunlight and the energy that comes from this, the light waves hitting the plants, they're then able to create food. And we know that the cycle with the plants helping us to be able to breathe. So light is a very important thing to the sustenance, to the maintenance, to the warmth, to the vitality of our planet. And we haven't even talked about the light that we can see. We've been talking about the light that we experience. But it's because of light and how God has designed our eyes that we are able to perceive our world. We're able to see everything because of this amazing thing called light. I was thinking too, I was like, okay, well, you know, that's, 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 that's great. But um, when you think about light and you think about people who are blind or can't see, like can light still be sensed when you can't see? And the amazing thing about light is it can, because light brings its own energy. I'll give you an example, right? So there are times where I can be, and I, I complain about this sometimes, where I can be a little um, hypersensory, right? So ever been in a room and a light is on and it's almost like you feel it screaming at you? <laughs> or, or, you know, it's like, turn these lights down, turn these lights down. That's because light doesn't, is not just something that you see, it's something that you experience. It's something that can dictate moods. You know, we dim the lights, that means one thing. We turn the lights on, that means another thing. Um, we flash the lights, that means another thing. So, so light in itself, in its general sense, has the ability to be experienced. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, what characteristics of light could he be talking about in relation to who we are and what we ought to be in this world? Uh, well, clearly, Jesus is based, he is saying that, you know, you are to be seen. Right. Because he says when you have a light uh, and it's put in the right place, it cannot be hid. So there's an aspect of being obviously a Christian that is vital to being a child of God, obviously serving Jesus. Right. It's important to be obvious about our walk with the Lord. Um, I think that's important, especially in this climate where things are being challenged and, and our faith is being challenged and our walk with God um, and our religion is being challenged. Being obvious about that is allowing that light to shine and penetrate the darkness of this world. Another aspect of it is it ought to be experienced, right? So not just seen, but felt. For those who, ha who have trouble seeing God, can they feel the warmth of the light that's coming from you, right? So there's this dynamic aspect of it that I believe God is calling us to a more intentional way of life when it comes to uh, being who he called us to be in this earth. Also, um, I, I mentioned it last week, um, but salt, we, we talked about how salt, um, one of the uses of salt um, in that time mm -hmm. and in you know times past was for energy. They would mm -hmm. uh, combine it with dried dung and uh, I guess burn it. Mm -hmm. Somehow it would produce energy. The same sense, light. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of houses are are run by solar panels. Um, you know, th there's a myriad of things, uh, functions that light uses to produce power. Mm -hmm. The same can be said about us. 
if we are God's hands and feet in the earth and we are in the physical realm of this earth, God can use us to power his will and his purpose in the earth. You know, mm-hmm. of course, God doesn't need help, but he, he, he uses us as his access point yeah. on the earth. So we can be seen like salt and light as the power that's mm. used to fuel his purpose for this world. So, yeah. you know, that's just another use no. yeah. of light. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. Last week, we kind of talked about the manure part, right? And manure has a connotation of being bad, right? It's mm. the waste. It's the stuff that nobody wants to smell or deal with. But yet, even the waste has a purpose that can cr- produce something powerful from God, right? Mm-hmm. So in the right hands, even the worst of things can be something that is packed with power that will give life to something else, right? So th- these, th- that's what's powerful about these elements here, that when, when God, the, the divine chemist, right, the architect of the universe, the master chef, takes ingredients and put things together, and he, he creates, he takes what's good and what's bad to us. And he, he, he's, his resourcefulness is just amazing that he can use something like that and create fuel, right? So, so what, what is bad in one situation is necessary for growth in another. So this kind of helps us to really focus on just being what God has called us to be. And when life happens and things happen in our life that causes us to feel like we've wasted things or uh, the waste comes from us. God can use that very thing that was wasted to, to, to really bless someone else, but only God can do that, right? I don't recommend you taking your waste or whatever is, is cast off from you and trying to be creative. Let's let God do that stuff. But I thought that was, that was powerful. That's really powerful. Um, so when you talk, when Jesus is calling us um, the light of the world, Jesus will never call you something that he has not called himself. Okay. God is not going to do, and this is, this is what's amazing about this, right? Good, let's talk about this. Good parenting and good parents are people who practice what they preach. If I tell my kids to not do something, I'm leading by example and I'm not doing it. Okay. Now, if God is our father and he wants us to be holy and he wants us to be right and he wants he wants us to be true reflections of who he really is. Right. So God in his integrity, God in his holiness and his truth just wants us to be mirrors of his goodness in the earth so that people can see him when they see us. The beautiful thing about light is light can only be seen in this realm when it's reflected off of something else. Mm -hmm. This is why in outer space is dark because in outer space, there's not much for light to reflect off of. So yes, there are lights in outer space, but what's missing is the reflection. Mind-blowing, right? So the reason why we can see the sky, we can see the water, we can see the trees, is because the properties on our planet have the ability to reflect the source of light that is being shown. 
So when you look at the ocean, you can see the sun almost like it's a mirror. Isn't that amazing? So now, the reason why you can see the moon is because the moon has the ability to reflect light so well that you don't need the sun to be there to light up the night. God gave the moon dominion over the night because it has an ability to properly reflect the source, which is the sun. What are we saying, right? In order for people to be able to appreciate the light of the world, we must understand Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is why there's so many, so much confusion in the world right now about who Jesus is and what does it mean to be a real Christian? What is all that's going on? Uh, that's because uh, maybe the reflection of Christ is distorted. Maybe we have dirty mirrors. Maybe we have cracked mirrors. Maybe we are not truly uh, maximizing um, what we're called to be. See, when Jesus calls us the light of the world, it's almost like he's saying, okay, I'm the light of the world and you are my reflection. Right? So let's go. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 8 and 12, right? John 8 and 12, and this is the New Revised Standard Version. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay. I am the light of the world. Okay, Lord, well, if you're the light of the world, then how are we the light of the world? Well, let's go back to what we said before. In order for us to be the light of the world, God is not going to ever require you to do something that he hasn't done. Jesus dies on the cross. We are to take up our own cross and die. God is not going to call you to do something that he hasn't first done. That's a good father. The Lord leads by example, and he wants us to do the same. So if he calls himself the light of the world, he then in turn wants us to appreciate what he means by being a light of the world. So Jesus says it here. I'm the light of the world. Okay, so what does that mean, Lord? Well, it means whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Hold on a minute. So Jesus being a light uh, is supposed to encourage people to follow, right? Now, when you think about follow, Follow in that, in that text kind of has a reminiscence of reflecting, right? Follow, copy. Follow, mimic. Follow, come after. Follow, if, I, if you're following me and you follow me right, our cadence should align. Our footsteps should align. We'd be walking at the same pace. We're going to the same place. Following, right? One is ahead, one is behind, but the destination is the same. One person gets there first, but not that much ahead of the other person because they're following closely. Now, if Jesus is the light of the world and we are in his path, then it's not possible for us to walk in darkness because he's the light. Just as much as if you have a candle or a light and someone is trailing you, they are walking in the light that you are carrying. So that now people that come behind that person will get the residue of the light that's in front of you. So it all comes to be, how are we following? How, are, how close are we walking? with the Lord so that the people can see that we're not the source of light, 
but he is. So Jesus says, if you understand the light that I bring, you will not walk in darkness. Now, he says a very powerful word, right? He says, you will never walk in darkness. I got to take a sip on that. Never is a very strong word coming from the Lord, right? Now, the interesting thing about never, when he says never, and when the Lord says never, uh, never means never, right? Never doesn't mean sometimes. Never means never. So then what is our interpretation of never? What is our uh, um, definition of never from the Lord? When the Lord says you will never walk in darkness, that's a perception and an appreciation of the fact that he is the source of light. That doesn't, have, that doesn't mean you'll never be confused in your walk with the Lord. It doesn't mean you'll never feel like there's darkness and feel like you're oppressed or whatever. That's just a call to, if I'm with the Lord, I will never actually walk in darkness. I may feel like things are dark. I may perceive that I'm not safe. I may perceive, but I know that this situation is, the lights are not going off. Why? Because my assurance doesn't come from me. It comes from the fact that all I am is a reflector. I'm not the source of my own light. The Lord is. So I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You will never walk in darkness. You will have, not you're going to have, not you might get, like you will have it, the light of life. And we'll go into what the light of life is another time because we want to get, get too deep in, 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 in it. But prayerfully, you're, you're, we're able to see that in relation to like this world right now, in, in relation to uh, the magnitude of our experience of light in a general sense, that we're able to see the importance of what it really does. It, yeah. When you were saying that uh, about never walking in darkness, it made me think of when you're in a room, sometimes that's where the lights are off. And for a minute, it may seem like pitch black, like gross darkness. Mm. But as your eyes adjust, you, you, do, you are able to see some of mm. what's in front of you because somewhere there is mm. a source of light. That's good. You may not be able to see where that source of light is, but there is a source of light that's allowing you to see some type of reflection, like as small as it could be, as minute, there is a source of light. We, we don't know gross darkness. And that, that reminds me, you mm -hmm. know, of the scripture, yeah. you know, in relation to the scripture, because we have a savior and because we are connected to Christ, we will never know true darkness again, because Amen. there is always a source of light. Amen. And even in the situations that we are in or face, and, and some situations we get ourselves into where we mess up or fall short, there's still always a small source of light mm, thank God. that we have access to that allows us to see, even if it's just in front of us, mm -hmm. there is a, a source somewhere and you may never know where it is, but that source is Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And it, it, think mm -hmm. about how much, how reassuring that is, right? Um, I think many of us have, have, like you said, been in a dark room and the darkness almost has a spirit on it of fear and 
all of that. And it's like the relief that comes when the lights are turned on or when you do see a flicker of light or something, just that peace that comes. And that thinks about the characteristic that these elements bring, right? There are characteristics that the Lord is really in this, in these words, like you are the light of the world. It's implying that the world needs light. It's implying that the world is dark. And you complaining about the dark is actually contradictory to who you are. That's your reflector complaining that the lights right. are not on. Well, uh, the light is on. You need to get in position so you can reflect the light so people can see that where the light is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what, what, what the challenge is like for us all. We can complain about, all oh, this world is crazy and all that. Well, I mean, if you're salt and light, that was God's plan before the world became this crazy. Mm -hmm. Like the solution is in the earth because it's in us. It always has been. But the enemy has clouded our minds and darkened our minds and hearts so that we do not understand who we really are. And there's nothing more uh, debilitating than a person who cannot perceive the help that is already there. The help, the rescue, the salvation, the redemption, the forgiveness is already there. Through Christ on the cross, we have already been forgiven. We have already been set free. We have already been healed. We have already been delivered. But if we never fully apprehend or seek after understanding that, we'll be walking around in bondage with freedom right in front of us. He, he, Jesus says, the light of life will be in you. You already have it. So Lord, help us to recognize what we have. And this is why gratitude is so important. I know I'm all over the place with this, but because it's just the Lord, it's, it's like, it's like all of it is connected, man. All of it is connected. Like your posture and understanding and appreciating what you have in the natural should bleed into the spiritual. So, so counting your blessings in the natural is not just a natural thing. Let's try to spirit, let's try to count our blessings in the spirit to understand, okay, I have life. So when I when, when I feel fear and all these other things that seem more real, hold on, let me see what I, what, what, what do I have? This makes me think about like um, the weeks between shopping weeks, right? When it's time to restock the house, right? And you gotta restock the pantry and you gotta restock the fridge and you gotta restock all this. On those days before you're able to, what do you do? You go into that pantry. You go into that freezer and you start digging in to figure out, well, what do we have? What do I still have left to work with? And sometimes that revelation, oh, I didn't even realize I had this. There's a challenge that God is calling us to, even in the spirit, to be like, let me, let me look inside my spiritual reservoir. Hold on a second. This is getting crazy out here, but let me, let me see what I have left in my, in my spirit. Let me see what I have left in my spiritual reservoir, right? So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he is announcing that he is the source of the light. And when he calls us the light of the world, he is saying that you are my reflection in the earth. We are God's reflection in the earth. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. God's interpretation of light is it's supposed to be obvious. This is, this is like, and there's another, there's another text that says, 
it, you know, the way it's worded is, who puts a light under a bushel? Like, like it's like not common sense. Like, like who, who does that? Like the purpose of the light is for it to be on so that those who would need it would be able to experience it uninhibited. So a city built on a hill, similar to a light that is, that is obvious, cannot be hid. No one puts a light on a lamp and it puts it under a bushel, but puts it on a lampstand so it gives light to all in the house. So let's pause right there real quick. Okay. When Jesus calls us the light of the world, it is for everybody. The calling is for everybody, similar to salt, right? Mm -hmm. Like we said, with salt, you know, it's not just, oh, sprinkle it for the unsaved. Sprinkle the light for, you know, because um, we all can be experienced season of darkness, right? We all, we all need hope. We all need help. We all need to be able to see our next steps, right? So just the importance, and as I said before, when Jesus says, you know, I'm the light of the world, and if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. Now, if we are walking in our purpose and we are walking uh, as true reflections of God's light, it doesn't matter how many people are behind us, they will always be able to see as well. Think about that, right? A lot of times the temptation is, oh, it's just my walk with the Lord, me and Jesus. Just me and him. Me and my Savior, just walking with the Lord every day with your reflector facing the wrong way. Right? It's just me and Lord with this light. We just, me, me and the Lord. No. God is calling you to turn that reflector around so that the light of Christ can go through you and be seen coming from you. It's, 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 it's a challenge here and a calling for us. And this is what the Lord is really calling us to in this year. Like, I want you to be more servant-minded. I want you to start thinking about uh, what I've called you to and be able to reflect my glory to those who need to know that I'm a good God. People need to know that I'm kind. People need to know that I'm forgiving. People need to know that I care. And in order for them to know that, I've given you the responsibility to reflect me. That's a major responsibility. That you may be the only person that someone meets to find God. That their revelation of God may come through watching you for years, experiencing your life, talking to you, seeing how you raise your family, looking at how you deal with circumstances and problems. All of that is this visible life that God is calling us to live as a reflection of who he has called us to be. So it's not like a light is not a, a light doesn't even control its own switch. The light has one purpose: be on. It's the person similar like the chef, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't you, you you don't control the switch, right? God controls the the switch, but what we can do is we can be out of place. We can dim ourselves, but it's kind of like you know, I see you like when right. kids play hide and seek, right? You know, that's not a good. I'm, I'm you can't see me. And all they're doing is hiding behind their hands because they can't see you. They don't think you can see them. And it's just nothing more annoying and frustrating than light that is almost bright enough to do what it is you need to do. <laughs> like if you're trying to read and you have just enough light to see the letters, 
but not make out what the letters are saying, mm. then what's the purpose of the light? If anything, again, just like last week when we said, you know, you're, you're better off not even looking like it, mm -hmm. like to have a little bit of light, but not be able to accomplish or, or the thing that needs to be accomplished be accomplished because you're not bright enough. It's like, what is the use? Yeah. Just turn it off. Yeah. Or turn it on. It's frustrating. You're right. And it is frustrating. I think we can all relate to that. Um, and God doesn't want us to be tools of frustration in this earth. There's already too much frustration already. Our days are short and full of trouble. Bible tells us that. So um, if God has planted you in your family, he has planted you as a source of light. He has planted you as a source to reflect his. It's not your light you're trying to shine. It's God's light through you. Remember we said, Light can penetrate anything. And the light that penetrates is not necessarily always seen because the sunlight that has penetrated the atmosphere penetrates your skin and you feel it. So you may not see the light reflecting off your skin, but you're still feeling the energy of the sun even at night when the temperature is low. It's low, but the sun is still having an effect on you because the energy of that light is still a very real thing. So this is all encompassing dynamic that God is calling us to be and just be. Similarly to you are the salt, he says you are the light. He's telling you what you are. So if he's telling you what you are, it's your responsibility to seek after what he means by that. The Lord spoke over all of our lives through this text. Before we even knew what those elements were, before the scientists got fancy and got telescopes and got those, you know, whatever they have just to understand that light is photons and, and, and the waves and all that. Before we got that fancy, this was already written. This was already God speaking to the world and to us about the capacity that he's put within us to be true reflections of his glory in this earth. And this is what it is, right? So the light of the world. Maybe we can get to the world part next time. You know, that aspect of it. So, I mean, we, we pray that, you know, as we are moving through this series, we are walking and taking a stroll through the magnitude of what God is calling us to, that you will begin to meditate on it and allow your mind to hurt too. And I hope your mind hurts. I, I really, I really do. I encourage you, go on YouTube or find, watch, try to watch one of them science videos about what it's like. Yeah, I, I was telling... John, this morning, I, I, I'm not a science person anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, I have to force myself to. I mean, it's, it's cool to a degree, but it, yeah. it's another language. So I have to like rewind what was just said because I have to comprehend the words used to describe what they're explaining. Right. Once I comprehend those <laughs> words, then I have to rewind and go back and catch what it was they were saying initially. Right. It's just... It's just so, so you keep watching the first five minutes. Over yeah, and over again. Okay, trying to, trying to okay, what? comprehend yeah. what is, is being said. But it's important because the fact that the Bible uses natural and oftentimes scientific examples to compare mm -hmm. with what, you know, Christ or, you know, other, other scriptures are saying, you know, it's important to yeah. understand it. It just for some of us, it takes longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, no matter how smart you are, you know, there's a depth of God. There's a depth to this world. I mean, there's still things. We talked about, about it last time. 
like these two elements are still largely undiscovered. Like all we're talking about is what we can fathom. Yeah. But there's frequencies, there's different light rays, the salt. I mean, nobody's been to the bottom of the ocean. So we don't even, we can't even really talk about that. We're speculating. You know, we have little cameras and telescopes we can put down there and all that. But at the end of the day, God is the one. He asked Job, who walks the seafloor? Who, who, who but me can walk the seafloor? Right? So just thinking about the humility that, it, that, that we are called to when we walk with the Lord. And it just be who he's called us to be. And that is not leaning on your own understanding. That is constantly acknowledging the Lord that he might give you the direction and to really help you to discover who he has always purposed you to be. And you'll look down the line and you'll look back on your life and you'll be like, wow, that was nobody but God. And God wants you to have that fulfillment by living for him. He wants you to reap the fruit of a life that was lived, poured out for his glory. That I, I, don't, I don't know what I was doing. I was just trying to serve God. And through that, people are healed. People are blessed. People are saved. People are encouraged. That I can't even keep count. I have no idea. That's what I want our testimony to be. All of us. Lord, I lived for you as best as I knew how. I humbled myself. I put my plans on the side. And I allowed your plan to be my plan. And guess what? You'll be happy and you'll make it to heaven. And then that's, that's, and that should be the goal, right? We want to be a blessing. We want to glorify God. And we want to get to heaven. Amen. Lord, we thank you and we praise you yet again for another time to come together, God, to not forsake the assembling together of ourselves, God. We thank you, even if it's virtually, we thank you for the opportunity to come together you, and edify each other and strengthen one another in our faith, God. We pray, God, that as we uh, venture off into this week, that we will be reminded constantly, daily, minute by minute, that we are both salt and light in yes, this Lord. earth, God. Yes, we pray, God, that we would be reflections of your light. You are the source of the light, and we are your reflections in this earth, God. Yes, Lord. I pray, God, that we are reminded of it and that we fall in line. Mm. We thank you for, for your many blessings you, that Lord. you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for your loving kindness your tender mercies, thank God. You. We thank, thank you, you for your compassion, that they fail not, that they are new every morning. You are faithful towards us. Thank you. And we thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray, God, like we always do, God, that uh, you would continue to grant us the grace for the things that won't change, that you are allowing to stay the same for mm -hmm. whatever purpose, God, to make us who you called us to be and who you purposed us to be, God. I pray you give us the grace to endure, God. I pray you give us the mercy when we fall short, those times we fall short of the calling. And I pray, God, that you would give us the favor to obtain the things that may be designed for mm. us to have for your purpose. We thank you and we praise you for saving us, thank for you, keeping Lord. us, thank you, Lord. Thank for you. providing for thank us, you. for healing us. Just thank you for being God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.